Hello, I'm Catherine Nelson Riley. I'm the operations manager with the Wright Club, and I'm here with one of our co-founders, Laurel Simmons. We are interviewing investor Mel and Dave today. They have grown so far and so fast in the last 23 years and have discussing with us today about how they are investing in five countries. Laurel? Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And I think it's really neat to see people grow like that. And when you're starting out, as, and we all start out with the first one, right? We all start out with the first one. I don't think either one of them had any idea that uh, 23 years later that they'd be in the position that they're in, which is you know, investing in other countries and huge team and, and really making their lives what they wanted, want them to be. Because we talk about customized your life at the right club. So there you go. So I think we should go to listen to what they have to say. And this is a two-part episode. So this is part one. And listen to part one. And then, you know, part two will be coming out soon. Welcome to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is on helping you, the real estate investor, advance to the next level. And now let's join this week's hosts and share ways for you to customize your life. Hey, Mel, Dave, welcome to another podcast episode of The Right Club. It's great to have you like that. Hey, thank you so much for having us here. It's great chatting with you both again. Okay, we you've have... been busy, right? You've been really busy over this, the summer and the last, well, since we've had you and your business has grown. So it's, I'm surprised you even had time to talk to us because you are really flying these days. Well, thank you. You know what? We, we love speaking with you guys. So we're super happy to make time uh, for you and your awesome community as well. So let's kind of get into today's market. I, I, we followed you for many years, basically from the beginning that we've been kind of working together and seeing you grow and the mentors and those people that you helped get into the business of real estate investing with some creative financing and some creative solutions. But we're into a little bit of a different market now. Take us through the process. Yeah, go ahead, Dave. And I was just looking at some numbers. Basically, the process is still the same. It's just the interest rates, right? But it's nothing new to Mel and I. Like we've always paid higher interest rates. But people say, I'm getting mortgages now in the 8% range. So were we in 2020, right? When people were getting 1.89, we were getting 8% mortgages and 9% to double digits. So... Yeah. So basically it, nothing really has changed for us. I just find seller financing is even more pre prevalent. You know what I'm saying? It's even more prevalent. I'm actually looking at a deal right now in Texas and they're offering 7% interest rate, 30 year amortization, right? So seller financing is actually cheaper now than financial, than, than some of the financial institutions. So the creative financing, the other people's money strategy is remaining the same. It's just, again, looking at a lot of deals underwriting accordingly. And the thing I like about it, so for example, we'll be closing out an Ohio deal in three, four weeks from now, and I think we're getting 9% interest on it. And we're still going to be cash fully a couple hundred bucks right, every single month. So was it the first deal we looked at? No, we looked at a lot of deals. However, next year, when interest rates hopefully go down or a couple of years from now, that build, that building will continue to cash flow even higher. So that's the cool thing. If you can make a deal cash flow at 9% first mortgage, just imagine what it'll be when interest rates go down. So things are kind of still par for the course for us. Exactly. And also looking at the bigger picture of the deal as well, knowing that this building or whichever building, of course, 
yes, it cash flows, can cash flow more in a few years from now. But then there's also that lift that, that we get in, in real estate right over time. Although there's zigzags, it will be worth someday a whole lot more than I purchased it for. So it's also keeping that in mind as well as investors. That's, in, that's important when you're talking about the different uh, investors and where your returns are. Where are you finding the returns are the best? Yeah, I love that you said that because we're big on investing where returns are best as well. I mean, we're first on action, number one, of course. And if that means you have to stay closer to home, then do that until you get used to it and get your confidence up as long as the deal makes sense. But yes, different places. I mean, we've been investing in Costa Rica. We like and uh, we, we enjoy it there. But Ohio, Florida, Texas are some of our favorite markets. Alberta, I think, is a great place as well for Canadians to invest in. Oh, okay. And you, if I remember correctly, you now have a daughter that is going to school out in Calgary, correct? No, we went on vacation in Calgary. Oh, went in to vacation. Yes. Oh. <laughs> it was, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. My apologies. That's I thought okay. that she was starting in school out there and I was like, how did that time fly so, so fast? Yeah. She is starting school, but she's not too far away. So just a narrow and a half. She was going to Calgary, so then it would give us an excuse to, to go there. <laughs> That's actually what I was thinking. That's what I was going to lead into. But apparently that, I got that one incorrect. <laughs> but there are still lots of opportunities that are out there. So when you're talking about diversifying your market, what exactly does that mean? So I love that you said that. And first off, I just want to, if you're listening to this, you're listening to the podcast and you're thinking, I couldn't even imagine going to another market right now. Because I, I remember being in those, you know, whatever, in those shoes and thinking, oh my gosh, leaving North Bay, Ontario, Canada just blows my mind. So if you're thinking that, just know that it's normal. So I just wanted to reassure you that if you are thinking, okay, if I need to invest for returns are best, that means outside my market. It's fears it is normal, but uh, get past it. Now, in regards to diversifying, yeah. So Mel and I are diversifying you know, different provinces in Canada, the U.S., uh, Costa Rica, Mexico, Dominican. So the five different countries, the reason for that was we just saw an opportunity. And Laurel, I know you're in Costa Rica. Um, I like What I like about Costa Rica is they're very parallel with Canada and the U.S. in regards to their democracy. Seller financing deals is what we're doing out there. And we just found we're just north of Tamarindo. We're in the Cocoa Beach area type. Anyway, Petrero and Cocoa Beach and that. I just I just like the fact that you can make USD dollars. You could do some flips. You could do short-term rentals. And it's the same thing, but it's not the same thing. It was diversifying the portfolio. The same thing in regards to creative financing and other people's money. But it was also doing some of that short-term rental. So diversifying, yes, but still within the real estate investing world. So that was important to us was doing something different, but the same thing at the same time. So taking a little, that sounds really cool. I kind of want to stay on Costa Rica for a moment because I know that Costa Rica and, and investing outside of traditional North America between the U.S. and Canada, a lot of people are, are beginning to do that. But how do you do that? Like, yeah, you know, how do you start a Costa Rican port, portfolio, basically? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you have to make sure that that you have a strong team around you, right? So. Yeah, people say see Mel and Dave on social media, but it's not just us, right? So we have an investor-focused agent, for example. And we have the right cross-border attorney, depending on where we're investing. We have the right property management company as well. And then, of course, as investors, either ourselves or one of our team members oversees the property management company to make sure that our places are very well being fixed and all that. So it's just really building that team. A lot of the actual how to do it 
a lot of it is the same. I find ways the same way that I do in Ontario and in different areas. Owner financing, seller financing, we're using the exact same strategies as well. The owner didn't know us. He, they're from New Switzerland. Switzerland. Yeah. We negotiated from North Bay, Ontario, got owner financing the same way we would in our city as well. So a lot of the strategies are the same, building my teams the same way that I would here. And once I realized that, that's when we were really able to open up our minds to go in different areas. As long as I have the right team that we're doing our due diligence, that I also know what I don't know and trusting the experts as well, right? So I'm, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know the ins and outs of, of, of certain things. Of course, I'm not. But however, I have connections with the right people who can make sure to set me up for success. I guess that was one thing I was thinking about because it's one thing to go into the States because of, although the, the systems are slightly different, they're, you know, basically they run the same way. And even Costa Rica, like you said, Dave, a lot of the, there's so many parallels between Costa Rica and Canada, right? But when you get into Mexico and the Dominican, that's a little bit different, I would say. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. And honestly, out of the five countries, Mexico was the most complicated, let's say. Slash time-consuming, slash so many meetings, yes. <laughs> With the international lawyers and then the, the yeah, it was a very complicated system. I'm trying to get the word fiduciary. That pro, I think that's the word. Anyway, that process was very complicated. As a foreign national, you cannot own assets in Mexico. So yeah, it was definitely a learning experience. And who would have thought, right? Because people think like, oh, Mexico, you know, might be easier to purchase there. It, it definitely was a lot more complicated. Out of the five, it was still doable, but definitely having that that international team and then those people in the, those specialties was was important. It was fun though. Learning curve was fun. Well, that's a neat thing about this as well, right? You're able to. I mean, life should be interesting and like, I'm all about growth and excitement and, and doing different things. And I love traveling. So investing in different countries allows us, I mean, we could go regardless, but it's an excuse to go as well. Right. So it's uh, that added benefit too. In Mexico, we're investing in Tulum as of right now. So it's a touristy area. So. Yep. And I suppose that means that you have to go down and check out your properties and make a few trips and take the family, really check it out from the insider view. Because I mean, heavens to bread, you don't go and try it out yourself, right? Well, it's exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, the neat <laughs> thing about it, uh, the one place in Costa Rica, we've been a couple of times, um, stayed in two of our different places as well. So we've been there a few times, stayed there, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, being able to, it was my parents' 50th wedding anniversary last year. So we gave them a trip to Costa Rica, all inclusive. They stayed there at our condo for an entire month. So yeah, exactly. These are the cool things that you can do as an investor. And it may not be your first deal. You know, it's not, I'm not saying, hey, you're a brand new investor, go buy in Costa Rica or Mexico. No, you may want to get used to a little bit more. And, but these are the things as you grow, you feel more comfortable. You have a bigger team that, that you can start thinking about as well. Well, you're truly customizing your lives. Like it's just having watched you grow because I Think like when what year was it that you started your business? And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Today's podcast is brought to you by LegalSecondSuites.com. Ken Beckendam is an amazing real estate investor. He understands the process of the conversion inside and out. And he has built one of the largest by volume design build firms in the GTA that specializes in legal multifamily conversions, anywhere from two to 15 units. 
and he's been involved in either the designer or the contractor in well over 250 conversion projects, which resulted in over 600 legal dwelling units. That is a lot of legal dwelling units. And Ken and his team at Legal Second Suites, they cover everywhere from Halton, Niagara, Haldeman, Norfolk, Brant, Hamilton, London, Tri-Cities, Barrie, York, and anything in between. He's one of the few firms that can complete the entire process for you from design to construction to property management. So it's truly a one-stop shop. So reach out to Ken at LegalSecondSuites.com. Again, it is LegalSecondSuites.com. And now back to the show. Well, we've been in real estate combined for 23 years. The Action Family Mentoring Program, again, we never thought we were going to be coaches. This is, I'm thinking, that came after we had a lot of properties. We did the 12 and 12 the year before, and then it was after the car crash that we decided, why are we not helping other people um, grow their portfolio as well? So then that's when we, that was in 20, late, yeah, beginning of 2019. Uh, We did a couple beta, I believe, in 2018, and then in 2019 is when we really launched it. Yeah, that's what I thought, because it was about five years ago when I first met you. Wow, so, we've known each yeah. other for a while now. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's been really cool following and uh, watching everything, because you're on stages now, you're uh, you're speaking, and you've really grown everything and helped a lot of people in their business of real estate investing and giving them the confidence. But as we are in entering into, which always ebbs and flows, but the market that we have today I mean, how would you start a portfolio in today's market? Yeah, honestly, it's, you know, it's knowing that it can still be done. So number one, mindset around it. And you have two choices. Will you maybe cash flow as much as maybe before two, three years ago? No. But in if you wait another five, 10 years, it might be the same kind of thing. And it's seeing the bigger picture. If even if you make, let's say, 300 instead of 500 that I could have made before because the prices of properties went up in value bigger picture, it's not just a cash flow game either, right? It's a business. Yes, you want a cash flow. Yes, absolutely need to be cash flow positive for every single deal. But it's also looking at the long-term growth of of your buildings and properties will over time go up in value despite the zigzag and, and knowing that as well. So investing where returns are best, definitely helpful as well as investors. You know, many of our students are, are doing exactly that. They're not necessarily investing in their city. They're going after markets where it's landlord friendly, where they can cash a little bit more. And of course, that helps their overall performance of their portfolio. Are you still investing in single family homes? I guess not still. Is that all you're investing in or, have, or are you investing in multis now? Yeah, we've always been multifamily is the foundation okay. of what we've built. Yeah, so multifamily has definitely been um, our go-to properties, but we do have some condos, um, some single dwellings, some smaller smaller multi, larger multi, mixed use, fully commercial buildings. So yeah, we uh, Airbnbs as well. So we do have quite a variety in, in our portfolio. And can I ask, in the uh, countries other than Canada, where you are, are you doing multifamily there? Yeah. The most recent one, Ohio, is a single family. But yes, in Texas and Florida, Orlando, we have the condo. Or obviously Orlando, right? Short-term rental. But yeah, it's mostly multi-family is our, I guess, bread and butter. Well, even in oh, Costa Rica? Costa Rica, no. No, Costa, yeah. Costa Rica, Casa. Yeah, they're more, yeah. So in the, yeah, Costa Rica, Dominican, and Mexico, they're either yeah. casas or condos, penthouse. Costa Rica's a town yeah. as well. Yeah. Okay. All right. Because, you know, it must be interesting to keep track of it all, but then you have a team to help you, right? Because you need that. 
we have a, we have a very large team behind the scenes. Absolutely. So that's something that uh, I mean, there's just no way, of course. So no. So as we continue to grow, we're always hiring <laughs> new team members. So the more we grow, of course, it, and it, it should be that way. Otherwise, you're going to get bottleneck. And that's not why we got into real estate in the first place. It's and and that it's the opposite that that happens. We're up to like our teams grow. We're up to eleven virtual assistants. Like it's actually amazing. Like we're just. And, but again, we couldn't do it. Like you said, Laurel, to keep track of everything would be like we have more team members than that. But eleven of them are actual virtual. From Mexico, Brazil, where else? Mexico, Brazil, Philippines. I'm forgetting some places here. But yeah, anyway. So yeah, as we grow, the team continues to grow. Otherwise, we would drop the ball, many balls, which would not be good. And, and the thing as well, though, is that although we, they're yes, they're virtual workers, but they're part of our team and they're a crucial part of our team. And just because they're from different areas doesn't mean we don't pay them well either. And I think that's really important. Some of them have been with us for a very long time, since the very beginning, has helped us grow in so many ways and started in one role and are now at, a, at an executive level. And that's a neat thing is that once you find really good team members, it doesn't matter the location, especially now with the virtual world location, doesn't matter. Our controller is virtual. Like, I mean, we have a lot of people. He's from Canada, but there, a lot of team members are not necessarily located in our city. Think of the most recent lady we hired in Brazil, I won't say her name, but she was a lawyer in Brazil on this the lead law and part of our team. Like, you know what I mean? It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, the virtual world now. I think that's a really good point that you made about paying people well, because I think there's still a mindset out there that it's okay to go out and, you know, get virtual assistance or virtual help and pay the sort of the rock, the lowest dollar you possibly can. And nobody likes to be treated like that. Right. And it doesn't help you. It doesn't help them. doesn't help your business. It's just, it's mean-spirited. And I believe that mean-spirited people get mean results. Well, they're your team. I mean, at the end of the day, like if I look and can literally, you know, name, like, I don't know, how, I don't know what I would do without her and her and her and him and her. And I can say that it's like, well, yeah, they should absolutely be fair, paid fairly because they do their job. They're really liable. They care. And doesn't matter if they're located in North Bay or they're located in Toronto or they're located in Mexico or elsewhere. They should be compensated accordingly as well as based on, on the work they provide, especially they've proven themselves with, with us in the company. So I agree uh, 100%. Um, treat them well. Do some, Actually, one of our team members is her second time flying. So she's coming to see us uh, this weekend where we are at an event. So she's we're flying her in from Mexico, spending the weekend with us. So, you know, do these great things for your, you know, for your great em employees, because, again, it, it goes a long way. And you only have so many time, so many hours in a day. And when you find great people, pay them well and treat them well as well. So I want to go back to mindset for a minute and just ask, do you remember what it was like the very first property that you bought and what you were thinking at that time? Are you looking to create generational wealth and get one step closer to financial freedom? Then Better Mortgage Select is the mortgage brokerage for you. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or seasoned investor looking to grow your portfolio, Better Mortgage Select is here to help you achieve your financial goals. With over two decades of experience, our team of financial planning consultants have perfected our own unique system that tailors every step to suit your financial needs. For a free consultation, reach out to us today at info at bettermortgageselect.ca or give us a call at 905-569-8326. We're here to help you get started and prove why we're the top ranked mortgage team in Canada.
Oh, yes. Do you want to go up? I you, go ahead. Yeah. So I, okay. So I was all talk, no action. I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to do all this. This is when we, yeah, when we first started dating, I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm like, oh, who is this guy? Yeah, okay, let's see you. But I was chicken, you know, so I was chicken. And what I mean by that is I bought a single family home for $156,000 in North Bay. I was on the fire department, living the dream, right? Thought everything was good. Met Mel, fell in love, and we're going to rent this house out. So when rubber came to meet the road, I literally like, anxiety attack, panic attack, whatever you want to call it. I can't do this. And she's like, whoa, Mr. Big Talk, what's going Like, I just literally froze. And I was like, what do I do now? Like, it's got, it's becoming too real. And I'm like, you have this perfect retired gentleman the who's like, applicant, George, like, he's resting perfect. George, amazing tenant. He sat down. He's my first and only viewing. We sat down at the kitchen table. He said, Dane, this place is perfect. It's 700 square feet. It's one floor. The laundry series, like, I'm going to move in. I'm going to have a cleaning lady twice a week. I have my worker come in three times a week. You're going to take me out of this place in a coffin and I'm going to make it mine. And he laughed and I was like, I'm out. I can't do this. I'm like, what? This this was the best interview ever. (laughs) So yeah, I I still remember having fear. It is, but it's so real. But we did thankfully rent it to to wonderful. Yes. So we did rent it to George and he lived there for three, four years. But I do remember that first deal. Like, it is very scary. And, and uh, thank goodness. Now, otherwise, I could have been like a lot of other people in analysis paralysis. And I would have just sold the house. We've since refinanced it four times. It still makes us like five, six hundred bucks a month. Like, it's a no brainer. So that was my first experience, Laurel, I guess, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, my first one, lots of fear, of course, because I didn't have a lot of money. And what if something goes wrong? And what if a 10 and all those things? But I decided if I don't do this, I'm also not going to be having this extra income, all these things that I wanted. So I purchased the property, but I didn't know what I didn't know. And I thought, I believe my agent who, you know, I don't think she knew either. I don't think it was done into in any negative way, but it ended up being an illegal unit. So I had to fast forward down the road. I actually lived, We actually lived in it when I was six months pregnant for a little bit. Oh boy. But uh, yeah, I actually had to sell it because I had redone the complete basement. I was so proud. A lot of work went into it. And then afterwards, I, I received a letter saying, oh, no, this is not zoned properly. You have to shut down the, the basement. Or So we, we ended up selling it because it just didn't make sense on its own. So, But despite that, I think it's the mindset again around, OK, so roadblock, did I make a mistake? Yep. I didn't do my proper due diligence because I didn't know what I didn't know. And well, I kept going, right? And, and that's what happens in real estate. We're, we're all going to have some roadblocks. There's going to be some mistakes you make and just learn uh, along the way. Of course, try to learn from somebody who's been there. That's going to help a lot as well. Dave and I, we have four coaches now. We're always going to learn. We're huge on continuously learning, just to continue to grow. Because otherwise, there's always something we don't know. There's always something we can do better. And then, of course, that also helps us being maintain our integrity and being helpful for students and all that as well. But for people who are just getting started then, and I, I know what you're saying, and I agree that you have to have, you, you, you will do the, a much better job. And I don't like using the ER, the ER word, because that's a comparison, but you will do a better job at, at, at what you're, you're investing in. If you have someone to guide you along the way, right? It's not just doing it by yourself. There's no reason for a someone who's just getting into real estate investing to reinvent everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the reality is there's 
a lot to know, but it's definitely doable. And if you're going to own hundreds of thousands of dollars in real estate, probably millions, many people, that's what they own, right? It doesn't take very long that you're into the millions, especially if you're going after multifamily properties. Why would you ever try to own that much in 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 debt and, and in properties and value without knowing if you're doing it properly? Can you do it? Yeah. But is it going to cost you more than the return on, on a coach? If it's a right coach, yeah, probably very easily, right? I mean, your business structure, not having it, not knowing how to find deals, not negotiating properly, not if you're using creative financing, not knowing how to pay people back. Well, that, you're going to be in a big mess if you, if you don't have a clear exit strategy, right? So I couldn't agree with you more, Laurel. Okay, then. So how can people get hold of you? Where can they reach you? What's the easiest way for people to reach you? Yes, the easiest way is probably on social media. So it's always Investor Maldave. So if you find us, we're on and we're everywhere on uh, TikTok, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Threads, on uh, YouTube. So Investor Mel Dave is always our, our name, username as well. And if you're interested in what we've talked about as well, I'm happy to send over to any listeners a master class on, on how we do these creative financing, no money down, no joint venture partner video as well, where you can kind of look at some numbers if you're visual like, like we are. <laughs> That sounds awesome. Thank you so very much for joining us today. And we look forward to following you and finding out what's going to be happening. Thank you again. Thank awesome. you so much. You so nice much seeing guys. you both. Okay, bye for now. Bye. Oh, Laurel, that was really awesome. Mel and Dave are always so much fun to, to speak with. There's always so much that we learn. And they were sharing with us on how they did it. It was great. Yeah, it's true. And they're so, I don't know, energetic and enthusiastic. And it's really, it's nice to hear. It's nice to see. And I think that takes them a long way because, you know, that's attractive to people. And hey, you always want to hang around with people who are having fun and doing great things and learning and growing, right? Absolutely, you do. Now, we do have part two that's coming up, but I want to make sure that everybody does know how to connect with Mel and Dave as this is part one of part two. So if you'd like to reach out to Mel and Dave, please do so at Investor Mel Dave. And you'll also find that in our show notes if you'd like to. And in the meantime, please make sure that you go on to therightclub.com where you'll find thousands of hours of uh, information and resources and all kinds of things that you need to help you in your business of real estate investing. All right, everyone. Until next time, get out there and customize your life. And we'll talk to you next in our next episode. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is on helping all levels of real estate investors advance to the next level and help you customize your life. Be sure to tune in next week at rightclub.com slash podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you get a few seconds, please rate the podcast wherever you're listening. It helps the show get noticed by others like you. And we truly appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe.